How many of you have thought about Mary since last Christmas? Probably not very many, and that's okay. That's okay. Mary was probably 15 years old, maybe 16 years old. She was looking forward to her entire life. She was excited about being married to Joseph. You can imagine, all you have to do is look around and remember someone that's engaged or going to be married and, and just observe the way that they behave. They're crazy. And they're just constantly focusing and thinking about all the details, especially women. Now, this is not a derogatory statement, ladies. We are very grateful that you enjoy it so much. And uh, we're excited because as we think about you, we realize how special you are and how unique you are. And you really have a focus. You have a, a, a plan, a direction. And you're thinking about every single detail of, of the wedding. You're thinking about every detail of your house, where you're going to go. You're thinking about your life. You're thinking about your future. You're thinking about how many kids, how many how many. Uh, uh, opportunities you know that you're going to have you're thinking about your future especially if you're if you're going to marry somebody like Joseph who's a carpenter and uh, you're thinking about the furniture you're thinking about so many things so many things that are going to that are completely going to be part of your life there's nothing wrong with all of that that's the way that it should be if you weren't thinking like that and you were about ready to get married, there's something a little wrong with you. So Mary is excited. Mary's anticipating. Mary is looking forward. Mary is, is, is engulfed in, in thinking about all that's going to take place. And then the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 that as Mary is betrothed to, to Joseph, and don't you love it the way the Bible just simply tells us these facts? It doesn't tell us a whole lot or really much about all of the implications and the emotions and all the things that go with it. It just simply tells us the angel appears to Mary. Gabriel, not just any angel. Gabriel appears to Mary. And Gabriel says to Mary that she is going to bear a son. Not just any son. But this child that she is going to bear, this child is going to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah. For 400 years, God has been silent. For 400 years, people like Mary and Joseph and others continued to gather in anticipation of God speaking, of the Messiah coming. And here comes Gabriel and says to Mary, Mary, you are going to bring the Messiah into the world. Gabriel says it this way. It says, you have found favor, favor with God. If you were here last Christmas Eve, you may recall that we talked about what it means to be favored. It means your life is going to be totally changed. It means that everything that you imagined is now up in the air. It means that 
It means that you are headed for an incredible adventure when you're favored by God. Most of the time we think of being favored and we think, oh, I like that idea. You know, God, favor me, favor me, favor me. And then you look at Mary and you think, wait a minute. Favor Mary. Bless me, favor Mary. <laughs> There's no greater blessing than to be the channel through which God works. There's no, no greater privilege than to be one of those individuals that God uses in order to do the work that he wants to do on the planet. And there's no greater opportunity than for us to realize that, that God longs to take our lives and use us in order to transform the entire world. That's what he did with Mary. That's called being favored. Anyway, as, as Mary interacted with the angel, she didn't say why, although she could have said why. She didn't debate and argue about all of the details and the challenges that would come into her life because of this new event. She is a virgin. She is betrothed to Joseph. The consequence of that is stoning. The consequence of that is to be divorced, to be put aside, to, be, to become marked for life. She didn't even discuss that. She didn't even interact with the angel Gabriel about that. All she said to the angel was, how are you going to do that? How? Most of the time we ask, why? Or we say, what? What on earth are you doing? Most of the time we respond and say, God, wait a minute. You've just totally messed up my whole life. All my plans. Everything that I want to do, everything that I want to be, everywhere I want to go, you have completely messed it up. Not Mary. Mary says, how? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do that? And of course, you know from the story in Luke chapter 1, the angel tells Mary that the power of God, the power of the highest will overshadow, will encompass, will engulf you. The Spirit of God will come and engulf you and you will have a son born by the power of the Spirit of God. No man involved. A virgin shall give birth. What is Mary's response? Mary's response is very simple in verse 38 of chapter 1. And it's the response of her heart here reflected in words that really characterize everything about her. She says, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Be it done to me according to your word. When you think about Christmas, one of the most challenging things that you and I face as far as our culture of giving gifts is giving a Christmas gift to someone who has everything. What do you give that person?
card. You struggle with that. What do you, what do you give to someone who has everything? What do you give to Jesus? It is his birthday. What do you give to Jesus who is not only the author of our faith, but is the creator of the world? He doesn't need anything. What do you give Jesus? Well, you can give him a little bit of your time here and there. You can give him your treasures a little bit. You can give him your abilities. You you can give him many things, but he really doesn't need any of those things. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our time. He's the creator of time. Everything belongs to him. What do you give Jesus? And over the next several weeks, as we gather together, we're going to talk about Christmas gifts, giving gifts to Jesus. And the first gift we're going to talk about is the one that we're looking at today as we look at Mary and this statement that she makes, be it unto me according to your word. And it's the gift of availability. The gift of availability. Do you know that your greatest ability is availability? Being available to God. When you're available to God, you don't ask why when he shows up. Because you expect him to show up. You're available. When you give the gift of availability to God and you say, be it done unto me according to your word, you you don't get surprised when he gives you responsibilities and challenges that are far beyond your ability, your strength your wisdom, your insight. doesn't surprise you. Your question is not why. Your your question is how. And it's not a question of how in the sense that, wait a minute, how are you going to do that? No, it's a question of amazement and wonder. It's a a faith response where you know he's going to do it. You just don't understand how he can do it. You're excited to find out. You want to be part of that process. How? How? Your availability, my availability, Mary's availability is not about our ability. It's not about our ability. A lot of people think that... uh, you know, in order to become available to God, for God to use, somehow they need to have a certain resume. When you look through the Bible, you find a whole bunch of people who had no resume. In fact, you look at some of the disciples and you kind of scratch your head and go, really? Really, Jesus? You picked this group of people? No resume. No ability. What about Jesus himself and Mary? I mean, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So it's not about your ability. Remember David, the shepherd boy? He was the last one brought up. And God said, that's the one. And Samuel said, okay. 
Anoint him. It's not about your circumstances. I hear people all the time talking about being available to God when things change. I hear people talking about being available to God all the time when they have resources, when they have circumstances that are different, when life's not so hard, when I have more time, when I get over this challenge in my life. It's not about your circumstances. I mean, if anybody understood that, Mary understood that. She knew. She knew her life was going to be completely turned on its head. Turned upside down. It wasn't about her circumstances. She didn't even stop to consider, I don't sense in anything that I read or or see in the scripture, I don't think she stopped and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can't do this. Well, let's wait till after I get married, everything will be cool then. Joseph, I'll talk to Joseph, he'll be good with it, he'll wait. Mm-hmm. It's not about your circumstances. How old was Sarah when God worked in a miracle, miraculous way? It's not about your circumstances. What about Abraham when, when God showed up and said, you know what, you have one son. I made a promise to you to bless you and your, your future and the entire nation that will come out of you through your one and only son, Isaac. What about when God showed up and said, Abraham, won't you take your only son and go offer him as a sacrifice to me? Abraham said, whoa, 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 whoa. That doesn't go along with the plan. No. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. See, we are so willing to be available when our abilities line up, when our circumstances are good, when everything is kind of nice and smooth. By the way, when does that ever happen? You wait for things to smooth out. You wait for you, for you to have time. You wait so you got it all together. As somebody that I know from New York would say, forget about it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not about your resources. What did Mary have? What did she have to offer? All she had was his. She was available. Jesus had 5,000 men plus wives and children, and they didn't know what to do. The disciples said, we better send these people home. We can't take care of all these people and feed them. And Jesus said, well, no, I think we should feed them. How are you going to do that? Well, there's a... There's a boy out there who's got a little bit of lunch. Little becomes much in the hands of the master. He fed all 5,000 men, all of their family members, wives and everybody, and there was baskets that were left. It's not about your resources. And when you come to God and you say, you know, God, this is all I got. You know, this is it. 
And so I'm just going to give you this little bit and you have this attitude of insufficiency or smallness about you. You're not looking at your God. You're looking at yourself. Mary was available. It wasn't about her resources. It's not about your age. Mary's 15, 16 years old. Never too young to start and make yourself available to God. Say, here I am. Samuel was just a boy. Remember? It's not about your experience or your past. Moses. I think of Moses. And most of us have a little bit of Moses in us. God shows up in a miraculous, powerful way in our lives and he says, okay, I have a special thing that I want you to do. Take your shoes off and get ready. And what does Moses do? Moses says, well, I, you know, I, I really can't talk. i not a good spokesman. You know what God says to Moses? All right, I'll send Aaron with you. But by the way, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find out that Moses was not unable to speak. It says he was fluid, eloquent. What was he doing? Making excuses. See, the issue wasn't I, wasn't I can't, and the issue wasn't even asking God how you're going to do this. The issue was, I don't really want to do this. I don't like the assignment. Can I have another one? No, when, you, when you're approached by Gabriel, when you're approached by an angel, when you have a message from God at night, when the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, when you read the Word of God and He, he communicates to you and He shows up, He's not interested nor is He asking you about what you cannot do. He knows it already. What He wants is availability. Availability, here I am. Be it done unto me according to your word. It's not about your education. How educated was Mary? I mean, look at the contrast. When Zechariah was one of the, he was the high priest. He was offering a sacrifice before God. And God showed up and said, I am going to do something amazing in your life. And Elizabeth's going to have a child. And, and he, he just he could, didn't believe. And so he was unable to speak from that moment until... John the Baptist was born. How much education did he have? How much knowledge did he have? Plenty. Plenty. It's not about education. What is it about? Really, it's an attitude. It's an attitude that says, I know who God is. And I am available for God to do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. It's an attitude of the heart. It's a conviction. It's a belief. It's an understanding that God is the creator and I'm the created one. It's a full and complete comprehension that the one who made everything, who made me as well, wants to use me in the, in the overarching work of his plan on the planet. 
It's a desire. It's a desire by every follower of Christ to be favored. To be favored, to be useful, to be used. To be a high-impact player. Availability. I want to talk just briefly for a couple minutes about some of the things that are necessary to be available. You know, Ohio State played pretty good yesterday with the third string quarterback. Drew Stanton, a professional athlete with the Arizona Cardinals, he has been a backup and a professional quarterback for years. He's played more in more games this year, and there's a lot more riding on his shoulders this year than ever before, but he's been a professional. Because of some of the injuries that the Arizona Cardinals have faced, they went out and they started looking for people to come and signed so they could be involved and help the team. And some of the people that they signed, they had to let them go because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. The gift of availability is not just simply saying, okay, God, I'm available. It's being ready. Being available means that you are prepared for whatever and any assignment that God brings your way. It means that you do all that needs to be done outside of the limelight, outside of the big lights, outside of any situation that would bring you, you any kind of acknowledgement or anything. It's, it's being ready. It's doing all the hard work behind the scenes. So that when your name is called and when God shows up and says, you are favored, you're ready. You're ready. What does that mean? Well, for an athlete, athlete, it means doing all that you have to do physically to be in shape. For an athlete, it means keeping your attitude right. For an athlete, it means being prepared so that when you step on you just simply walk right up to that responsibility and that call and you start to do what you've been training to do your whole life. Yeah. How many of you remember the movie about the football player who was going to play? He was going to play for the Irish. What was his name? Rudy, Rudy. Rudy, do you remember? He worked his tail off. He used to go to practice on the practice squad and get torn up and beat up and bloodied and everything else and bruised. And there was another player who was also playing who had, who had received a scholarship. And he showed him up in the practice field. And the coach said, if you had his heart, you had his heart. And the final game, you remember? The final game? Before the game, all the players came in. They started taking off their jerseys and putting it on the coach's desk and saying, we want Rudy, we want Rudy, we want Rudy. And so finally the coach said, oh, okay, okay, okay. So he dressed, he dressed. And when they're getting ready to come out on the field for the first time, 
they turn around and they, they look at Rudy and they say, Rudy, are you ready for this? And what does he say? You remember? I've been ready for this my whole life. <laughs> to come out the tunnel <laughs> with a jersey that says Notre Dame. I've been ready for this my whole life. And he did. He got to get in there and play at the very end, remember? And that was it. That was it. But the story, the impact of the story of Rudy is not, not just simply that he got on, but he was ready for this his whole life. He'd done everything to prepare for it. He was willing to be and to do whatever God wanted him to do in terms of being a Notre Dame football player. I mean, he lived it, dreamed it, everything else. There's so much more than, so much more than football. I guess it wasn't too many years ago. I wasn't sure about that, but anyway. (laughs) There's so much more. What I'm saying is that Mary was available long before the angel showed up. Mary's heart was ready. Mary's attitude was ready. Mary's convictions were there. Mary's relationship with her Lord and and God were there. Mary was so involved. In fact, when you read the the passage in Luke chapter 1, 46 to 56 about what we call the magnificent or the praising of God, it is loaded from from the book of Psalms. She was not ignorant of the word of God. She, She had a relationship with God. She was ready far before this moment. Availability. Availability. Give your heart to him. Not just as Savior and Lord, but give him your heart. Tell him. Say, Lord, I'm available for whatever, whenever, and however. I'm available. And then start to prepare every facet of your life expecting God to show up, expecting God to call your number, expecting God to come and say, tap you on the shoulder and say, you, you, now. And you'll be there ready just like Mary to say, be it done to me according to your will. The gift of availability is all about, listen, availing yourself to your master. Have you done that? Give him that gift. for if you want to come up and have someone pray for you for whatever reason as we sing this together respond to the spirits leading this morning
Declaring, we want to be like him. Jesus. 